White Sox Weekly, the Chicago baseball conversation on the new flagship home of the Sox, 720 WGN. Yes, I know, this is not the normal time for White Sox Weekly, but we are thrilled to be with you today, any day. Today is 1-3 to because we've got Northwestern and Michigan football coming up. Dave Bennett will have your pregame show at 3 o'clock as the Wildcats get ready to blast Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines today. But this is White Sox Weekly for the final time during the season, Harry Tynowitz. It's your... of 2018. Yes, it is your last bona fide uh, two-hour White Sox Weekly Show. The show will continue uh, 60 minutes on a weekly basis, but this is your last two-hour show as the White Sox get ready for their last two games of the season. Carlos Rodon tonight takes the hill, and then Dylan Covey, who had another good start against the Tribe on Monday night, will pitch the uh, season finale. Tonight is the penultimate game, Carm. All right, now I've got a controversial topic to start the show, Harry. I hope yes, you're ready for this. Now, I, haven't yes. to- now, I haven't told you about this, and we haven't talked about this uh, at all, really, in the entire season. Because yes, anything to do with the uh, Kavanaugh hearings? Had nothing to do with Kavanaugh. We're okay. staying away from politics. That is a very good formula for White Sox Weekly and uh, many other shows as well. But uh, so, this season has been about growth. It's been about guys like Ronaldo Lopez uh, pitch, having his final start yesterday, going six innings, career high in innings for him. Obviously, his first full season in the big leagues. Just a lot of lot of growth on the team this yes. year. Daniel Palka, uh, Lucas Giolito with the second half. Let's forget about last night's outing. Where bad, he, bad game, right? But so here we are with two games to go: the Minnesota Twins tonight, final start for Carlos Rodon, and then tomorrow in Dylan Covey. The White Sox. Are sixty-two and ninety-eight. Oh yeah, I was going over this this morning myself, Carl. Right? Yeah. Okay. Marlins. The Marlins are sixty-three and ninety-six. The Padres are sixty-four and ninety-five. Okay. The point here is, you really w- would love to see Carlos Rodon pitch well tonight. You'd like to see. Guys at the plate, like whoever you want to pick out, Yolan Moncada, on down to be successful. But it's also, we're at a point here, and it probably won't matter. I can maybe hear Farmio yelling at me right now. But you'd rather uh, pick, uh, where right now the, third. The, the White Sox would be third, you'd rather pick third than fourth. You'd rather pick third than fifth. So uh, there is there is a, I, I would like to, let's put it this way, there is a positive to either winning or losing tonight, and perhaps uh, even a greater positive if the White Sox do come up short and get the higher draft pick. Not that, uh, you know, look, they got a great pick in Nick Madrigal at number four overall, but just looking at the standings, uh, yeah, the the Marlins are sitting there at sixty three and ninety six. Now that is, uh, and I don't think we need to worry about the Padres. No, the anymore. Padres are done. Yeah, so it's either going to be three or uh, three or four. I'd rather pick third. Be honest, rather pick third. Um, but again, if Carlos Rodon has a phenomenal start tonight and the White Sox win a ball game, and uh, you know. Guys can take some confidence in the offseason from playing well on this Saturday. Well, I'm sure they'll get a great pick at four that they so, that they would have gotten at three. So what you're saying is that White Sox fans should want the uh, Tigers to win tonight or tomorrow, even though it might help another team in town. Uh, that's another interesting angle on that one. Um, with the Tigers sitting there with 64 wins, 64 and 96. Uh 
Like I, you know, if I'm a Sox fan wanting the Cubs to not do well in the playoffs, sure it'd be great if the Brewers won the division. But I, I mean, I think Milwaukee's the I, hottest team. So whether they're the wild card or the division winner, I, I, I think Milwaukee has an absolute phenomenal chance in the playoffs. And it could, it could be. You know, I got to get some clarification on this. But if they both finish at 64 and 98, it could be the Sox draft ahead of them, anyways. Yeah. Um, so I got to get clarification on that. But uh, I'd rather see him pick third than pick fifth. Given the choice. Of course, of course, the higher pick. Hey, uh, let's uh, remind you that if you ever dream of being a White Sox player, now is your chance. You can attend the Chicago White Sox Fantasy Camp in Glendale, Arizona, January 13th to the 19th, and be treated like a pro for Camp Info. Call 623-302-5002. That's 623-302-5002. Or you can sign up via White Sox. Dot com, and I'm going to do everything I can to be a part of that camp. I'm going to make some calls. And remember, Sox fans, Sox Fest 2019 hotel packages are now available. This is the only way to receive passes for a weekend of White Sox baseball that you won't want to miss. We hope to see you at the Hilton Chicago January 25th through the 27th. It is awesome. It is player access. It is hanging out with the guys away from the field, not during the season. Hotel packages are available right now at WhiteSox.com slash Sox Fest. So coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're going to hear from a White Sox general manager, Rick Hahn. He spoke today to the media, and uh, I sat there and begged and pleaded, and he spoke to me afterwards. So we'll have some of that interview coming up after 1.30. Todd Steverson, Trick, will be with us, White Sox hitting coach, after 2 o'clock. Jason Benetti at 2.35. That's your lineup. And also Adam Hogue. Our uh, White Sox post-game show host will be uh, checking in from Ryan Field. So we'll do a little Cats-White Sox, which is becoming an extravaganza as we get you ready for the Cats in Michigan today. Yes, and uh, it's the best home schedule in college football, but it's also one of the toughest to get wins off of. Well, hopefully they can get one today. Uh, And one uh, moment to uh, Jeremy Larkin, who had to medically retire this week. Uh, Great kid. Sophomore running back, if you're unaware, he uh, did a great job backing up Justin Jackson last year and was flourishing this year. Uh, tops in the Big Ten in all sorts of categories, uh, you know, catching the ball in the backfield, running the football, all of it. Uh, but he had cervical stenosis, and he would get hit, and uh, he'd feel tingling and, st- and numbness throughout his body. And it was really actually rare or a borderline miracle that he made it this far. Uh, but, you know, he talked about what was going on, and uh, so he had to retire today. So I'm sure from the White Sox and from everybody, uh, you know, just a lot of good wishes going Jeremy Larkin's way as he uh, be, continues on in his life. That kid's super smart, super personal. He'll this, do a million great things. This is where the Northwestern education will pay off now. Yep, yep. And, of course, the Wildcats are honoring that scholarship as a uh, class uh, universe that they are. And uh, Jeremy is going to do great things. But that was... Uh, that was uh, that was stunning news earlier this week. But all right, let's take a quick time out here. And I have White Sox questions for the offseason coming back here. 312-981-7200. We'd love your participation here. What are you? Uh, what would you like to see in the offseason? What are you concerned about? What's your number one desire? All of that is on the table. 312-981-7200. Harry will share his. I will share mine. Dan Long, I'm sure, will join the process as well as we build... A little vision for off-season 2018, getting ready for 2019 on White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. Another thing coming up on White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. 
is the year in review slaved over. Broken down by Dan Long, who sent out the Week in Review to Harry and I at 3.55 in the morning. Gotta love that, man. What were you, you, were you were working on that at 3.53 a.m. was when you finished last night, Dan? Yeah, well, I got home from our uh, our uh, Friday night, the last Friday night White Sox game of the year here at WGN. I uh, decompressed a little bit. Had a couple of beers, and then I got to work uh, doing some production for today. So there's some Wildcat, uh, a nice John Moten preview by you that we'll hear a little bit later on the Wildcat pregame. And, of course, the Sox year in review. Wow, big-time move by you. So what are we going to hear on the review in a little bit, which we haven't de- designated uh, there, the time for? Is there is there somebody pitching in the rain? Uh, yes, there is somebody pitching in the rain. And his response to adversity, there's Matt Davidson hitting multiple homers in Kansas City. Uh, Jose Abreu, obviously, a uh, couple of wins over the Cubs, obviously uh, a little bit of Hawk. Ah, uh-huh. I'm getting emotional already. All right, so we'll 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 do that coming up. Uh, let's let's plan on after we talk to Rick Hahn at 1:30. So we'll we'll hit that at 1:50 today. The Dan Long year in review. You can get out the uh, the Kleenex, Harry. And by the way, don't miss any White Sox action in 2019. Full and partial ticket packages on sale now. They're offering you the best seats, savings, and benefits. For more information, call 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com. And remember to visit the White Sox pop-up shop. It'll be at Orland Square Mall October 15th. That's the greatest day in the world through January 15th. Conveniently located next to the Apple Store, fans can shop stadium exclusives and special promotions throughout the holidays and off-season. For more information and promotion schedule, follow the at White Sox Store on Instagram. All right, question time. As we go into the off season, what are you most interested in? What would you like to see? Biggest concerns? Harry Tynowitz, we start with you. Well, I mean, it's all about pitching, right? It's all about pitching, and we waited and waited for Michael Kopech, who unfortunately uh, had the injury and had to have Tommy John surgery. Kopech should be back uh, better than ever in 2020, but next year, Carm, who are the five starters that will comprise this pale hose rotation? I think three are pretty obvious. Sure. I, I, there's no doubt that Ronaldo Lopez, Lucas Giolito, and Carlos Rodon are going to be in that rotation. And Rick Hahn, who again we'll talk to after one thirty, spoke with me and he spoke with the media talking about they will be looking for pitching this off season. Long term, short term, somebody, some arms are coming in uh, for both starting and uh, the bullpen as well. Well, I mean, yes, in the minors, I mean, before you go looking for it, there might be a couple of studs right there in the minors, and, and uh, you know, we've we've talked to a couple of these guys, Dylan Cease. Right, but still a year away. There's no way that Dylan Cease is going to be, and there's no chance that he's starting the year with the team, I wouldn't think, and there's, I would say, a very small chance that he'll be up at any point next year. I suppose it could happen, but that would be the way the White Sox have gone about this. It would make logical sense that Cease would make his debut in 2020, early part of 2020. Well, there's also a couple of other starters in the uh, minors, but one guy who's been throwing in relief was a starter at the start of this year, Carson Fulmer. That's an interesting name. I, he'll have, I'm sure he'll get every opportunity to make the club out of spring training. It'll depend how he does. I I don't think I don't see him as a starter for the White Sox again. I th- so you think that the 
the judge has made up his mind. He's been, and again, this is not a, necessarily a bad thing. There's a lot of guys that get converted to the role of uh, relief pitcher. They become setup men. They become closers, and they flourish. So this is not a bad thing. But if I'm Carson Fulmer, and uh, you know I'm, uh, you know uh, how old? How, what is he? Twenty five years old. You know, twenty five. I don't want to be like you know labeled. You know, as a bullpen guy, I want to have a chance to come back. I've been working on this all year in, you know, in Charlotte. I want to come back and have a chance to be in that starting rotation. Yes, I can get that as a desire, but I think Carson Fulmer would just be happy to be in the big leagues. And the fact that they've used him out of the bullpen at Charlotte for, you know, the last two, three months of the season, I mean, I think the ship has sailed as far as Carson being a starter. Things could change. Things right. could change if he pitches phenomenal in spring training. It, 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 it might. An interesting name to me uh, is James Shields, who's a, a free agent. Mm-hmm. They Now, everybody thought he wasn't going to be back, but you are looking for someone who can be there for a year or two, maybe signs a one-year deal with an option. This is a guy who led you in innings pitched this year. He's an innings eater. Look how many seasons he's done that, Carm. Right, and he's incredibly well respected in that clubhouse. He threw 204 and two-thirds innings this year. He only gave up 190 hits. That ratio is excellent. He struck out 154 guys. And his ERA was four and a half. So, look, it's not the sexiest re-signing, but I... There's a lot of respect for James Shields, and it might it might make sense both financially and you know planning wise to bring him back. We'll see. Carlos Rodon talks about how even more than Don Cooper, James Shields has you know affected him. He has given him so much you know positive. Not not in the same way that Coop would be a pitching coach, but he said James Shields has like you know taught him how to go about the business of being an everyday starting pitcher, and uh, so he brings that to the table as well. So we'll see. Uh, let's Let's talk to Rick Hahn coming up here after uh, the one thirty news. We'll take a quick timeout. And, should, I, should I leave the studio? Uh, no, you should. You should. You should be right there, Harry. I'm sorry that uh, you were not in attendance on Wednesday, and I, uh-huh. and I, and I talked to Rick. But uh, I, I know that you'll have just grandiose reactions that you could share afterwards. So, we, so we'll all look forward to that. White Sox Weekly continuing on seven twenty WGN, and uh, we're here with you till three o'clock. Put his plan into action when he shipped out sail. Baseball pundits cried, what have you done? I got Johan Moncada, who's the holy grail. And a pitcher who breaks radar guns. Then Eaton Steel brings 20 guys that flame. Grows all-stars on his farm. That dude Rick Hahn, yeah, that dude Rick Hahn. It's been sweeping the nation, that dude Rick Hahn. Produced, written, directed, sung, and uh, everything else by Harry Tynowitz. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can uh, tweet it, Harry, if you'd like a personal copy of that dude, Rick Hahn, which is available. Let us bring in the White Sox general manager, uh, Rick Hahn, who I got to sit down with earlier this week at Guaranteed Rate Field. And uh, started out uh, with a very simple question. What is he most happy about? Uh, with his club in 2018? It's a good question. You know, I I think uh, we certainly made no secret about heading into this season 
that is the second year of the rebuild that we anticipate it being probably the most difficult season of the rebuild. So in many ways, I suppose my expectations were managed going in. Uh, we knew we were going to have some development at the big league level that was going to take some time, and unfortunately it's not always linear, so there's going to be fits and starts and ups and downs, which we certainly have seen. Uh, we knew that there were going to be some things at the minor league level, some of which were going to go our way, and unfortunately some of which the baseball gods were not going to allow to go our way, and we've seen that as well. So the year has matched somewhat what I expected, having you know obviously studied and, and th- what second year of rebuilds look like traditionally in this game, as well as where we were as an organization. But still along the way, there has been some fun things, some things that have gotten us excited. Uh, you know, obviously top of mind, given that it has just happened, was you know the Polka walk-off and the fact that a kid who probably was on nobody's radar screen, certainly a year ago at this time when he wasn't even in the organization, much less even opening day, uh, is going to wind up leading the team in home runs, uh, as well as how much you know White Sox Nation has really embraced this kid and, and related to him. From that's a, That's a fun story from a from a long-term positioning of the rebuild standpoint, there was so much excitement in the room when we were able to get Nick Madrigal. There was so much excitement as you saw Dylan Cease start after start, not only take the ball every fifth day, which was really all we were looking for from the kid, but grow stronger and dominate and wind up being named minor league pitcher of the year. Uh, obviously, you know, anytime you get a clip of Aloy doing what he does on the field uh, brought some excitement about the future. Uh, and, and that's just stuff at the minor league level. I can go on and on about watching the Winston-Salem dash play, and both in the first half and the second half, when they essentially were two different rosters, more or less, uh, wind up winning both halves down there in the Carolina League and, and showing a, a a glimpse of what potentially is to come here in Chicago in the coming years. Uh, limited even just to the big league level, uh, the progress that Tim Anderson has made, as a, especially on the defensive side of things, has been has been remarkable. Uh, the work ethic this kid has has allowed him, uh, along with the help of guys like Joe McEwing and other coaches, to to really take a step forward and, and bodes, bodes very well for his future, not just as a defender, but uh, as he continues to grow his profile as an offensive player. Uh, having Carlos Rodon back healthy and throw in free and easy and, and even just seeing the look on his face where it's like not worried about his health and knowing that he's capable of fulfilling uh, you know, much of the promise that, we, that this kid has had unfortunately and been set back by injury for much of his career but now having that knock on wood behind him that makes you excited for the future, and, and without belaboring the point even further, the, the the development of guys like Ronaldo Lopez and Lucas Giolito, especially over the second half, and, and knowing that they were each going to probably take some lumps along the way, and Lucas certainly took more than his fair share in the first half, uh, but seeing each of them grow as starting pitchers and enter the enter the 2018-2019 offseason, knowing that they've established themselves as big leaguers, and that next year they're going to be able to build on that and, and continue to blossom as as uh, solid, reliable pieces of uh, potentially a championship rotation in the future. So you just hit on a million things, and, I, and 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 I've got questions on all of them. But I want to do a more broader question. Some I, people are. I, I think sometimes you think that like the fans are getting impatient. I don't personally get that sense. I could be wrong, but I'm kind of curious. Like for yourself, sitting in the seat, like are you impatient? Like come on, let, let's let's get this here. So. Uh, I mean, I think the fans see all this progress, and they're hoping that you're going to 
add on what what makes sense, and, and people get what the White Sox are doing. But you know, for you sitting in the seat, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, you know, it, first of all, you're absolutely right in terms of the fan response, and and I've made no secret about when we started down this path, our the conversations with Jerry and Kenny and and Scott Reifert, who's head of our our PR, Brooks Boyer, head of marketing. None of us really knew how it was going to be received. You know, there was always this myth that White Sox fans wouldn't tolerate a rebuild. They wouldn't, wouldn't accept it, and they, we could never rebuild. But obviously we felt it was the right thing to do for the organization, regardless of what that response was going to be. The response was fantastic, like way better than I could have anticipated. And part of it is probably facilitated by the, the day and age we live in, and you can actually see video of a prospect, or you know the college draftees before you acquire them, or high school draftees before you acquire them. Uh, and when you make a big trade, you can immediately know the kid's ranking and go see him yourself on video and get excited as well about it. So that probably helps to an extent. Uh, but you're also right in that when I say, you know, we're going to have to be patient this year. It's the second year of the rebuild. We've got to let these guys develop. We cannot force anybody to Chicago who isn't fully ready. Uh, I'm in part talking to myself. You're absolutely right because uh, fundamentally we are we are fans as well. That's how we got into this game. That's how, whether it's uh, in the front office or in the media or a player, a coach, or you know anyone in the stands. We all want to see uh, not only a successful product on the field, but we want to see it sooner rather than later, just by human nature. Uh, so when I do talk about patience, it, it is it is accurate. But you're right, the audience is broader than just the fan base. It's myself and those of us in the front office, too. Uh, we we got to do this thing right. And as satisfying as it might be to get player X to the big leagues quickly because of the fanfare that comes with them uh, and the sort of shot in the arm, so to speak, to the rebuild process or the, the satisfaction for the fans or our, and ourselves, if it's not in the long-term interest of putting him in the best position to succeed and the organization in the best position to win championships in the future, we got to pass on that short-term gain, as satisfying as it may be in the short term. Let me remind back to the first play you talked about, because I, I am a part of the Palkamania Nation. <laughs> it's probably who I tweet about the most. And I'm, you know... I don't know, and you don't either, what what the future holds for him. But here's a guy, 27 home runs, 26 years old, getting an opportunity, hitting baseballs harder than 95% of people in baseball. So I'm, I'm curious, like, what do you see him as going forward? I don't have the answer to that yet. I, you're absolutely right. Um, he very clearly has a plus-plus power tool. Uh, that was part of what drew us to him. That was part of why John Tamania, one of our scouts and others of uh, in our pro scouting department, recommended the waiver claim back when we made it was here's a left-handed bat uh, with plus power who has uh, the ability to to do some serious damage to balls he hits uh, I think frankly as as gratifying as the power is I think you're gonna in the future probably see an even more well-rounded hitter out of Daniel uh, you see it uh, again last night when he had the the walk off against Cleveland. Uh, that was a situation that didn't necessarily call for a homer, as nice as a homer would have been. He just needed to stay in the middle of the field and drive the ball, and we were going to get a game winner. And you saw that uh, his performance in the clutch or in late situations. You you see he's unflappable, and you having spoken and spent some time with Dan, you you know that's who he is on and off the field, and that's going to serve him really well as well. So although he does have that carrying tool, and then in all candor, that's what drew us. 
those two of them of the plus power, I think in the future you're going to see uh, a little bit more well-rounded hitter out of this kid. I think he has the tools and, and the makeup to to do that. And, and if that continues to progress, you're, you're going to have a very interesting offensive player on your hand. And these are the decisions where you're looking towards the future and there's the now, but you have sort of the luxury to let him develop along with this. We do, we do. And then you certainly saw it this year, uh, not just with Daniel's opportunity, but sticking with Lucas when he struggled earlier in the year. Uh, you know, some of the opportunities we've given to some of the young guys in the bullpen, for example. I mean, there, there's uh, it can make it difficult at times, which is what we talked about heading into the season. It can make it difficult at times on a nightly basis to stick with these kids and let them take their lumps. But that's how you learn about them, and that's how they learn what they need to do to adjust. Not everyone's going to be able to do it, uh, but the ones who have proven to themselves that they can make adjustments at the big league level uh, tend to be in the best position for the long term in order to continue to grow and reach their potential. In Daniel's situation, you know, his was simply about an opportunity. We had we had abs to to give him, and he made the most of them. And he, uh, you know, and, and helped spread Polkamania all throughout the not just Section 108, but all throughout Chicago. There we go. That's uh, part one of our conversation with Rick Hahn. I know you're shocked that I brought up uh, Daniel Polk and Polkamania, Harry. I, I have it. Polkamania has hit my house. It's it's all over Evanston and Skokie, baby. Got a knock last night and uh, picked up yet another RBI in the year of Daniel Polka, which has been fantastic. And and he's absolutely right about the connection. I mean, he's just a fun guy. He's an, anytime you hear him speak, you want to cheer for him more. There, there's, there's no doubt. And I uh, appreciate Rick uh, taking time. We'll hear part two of the interview next week, and we'll be delving into the pitching uh, with Lucas Giolito uh, and his progression and a uh, whole, whole host of the way the White Sox are going to go about their offseason as far as addressing the pitching, who, right. what, the, what they're going to be looking to do. He didn't start great, but then he was on. He was strong. Lopez started great, then he got tired, but then he really rallied back. If only there were some kind of way to encapsulate what was going on with this team throughout the entire season from April to now. And somehow, some way, we're going to take a shot at that next. Dan Long, our fearless White Sox weekly producer and dominator, is going to be his production piece to wrap up the 2018 season with two games to play. Is call him a dominatrix? Uh, something like that. I, I, if it came out wrong, I apologize. That is next on White Sox Weekly 720 WGN. <music> 720 WGN, White Sox Weekly. As uh, Harry Tynowitz and I are hanging out with you until... 3 o'clock, and then uh, we'll have Northwestern and Michigan football, and the White Sox, of course, will play the Minnesota Twins tonight. Now, Harry, are we? Uh, are you? Are you? Are you? Are you locked in over there, ready for the White Sox year in review piece from executive producer Dan Long? Boy, am I ever! I didn't sleep last night. <laughs> I know it's got to start with the Matt Davidson, and uh, I don't know where to land. Was it surprising, Dan Long, that when you sent us the White Sox uh, year in review at 3.55 a.m., I responded to you immediately? Yeah, that was the weirdest part. I mean, it was weird enough that I was up doing it, but then you responded like two minutes after I sent it. So. That, that, that's the way, that's how dialed in I am, Harry. 3.55 a.m., I'm thinking about this show. I'm up, and I could just sense the forces were moving, and Dan Long was sending the year in review, and I wanted to respond and tell him how much I appreciated it without a moment even 
hanging around in the atmosphere. You, that was what I was willing to do. You sure you weren't just up to like watch uh, some tennis match, like the New Zealand Cup? That might have been a part of it. Also, uh, you know, nightmare in the middle of the night, something along those lines. But uh, I was up, and there it was, and, and, and it's all coming together right now. Here we go. Our White Sox year in review. Very pleasant good afternoon from Kauffman Stadium here in Kansas City with Darren Jackson at Farmer Friends. Glad you're with us for the 2018 season opener. Here's a swing and a long one to left. Down the line to the pole. Is it high enough? He's hit his third home run of the game as Matt Davidson. A three-run shot, and the White Sox now lead 14-4. to It's going to get down, and that's going to roll to the wall. He could have two triples in the game. Yomer on his way to second. He's turning it on. He's going for three. He's got two triples in the game. There's a swing and a long one. This is going to go to the concourse and left. They're close to it. Turn on the fireworks if the dogs weren't here. Second home run of the game. He's got six in the sock. I put a 10 spot on Seattle. And the 3 2 to Davidson. A swing and a fly ball. Right field. This is hit well. Going to the track. At the fence and right. Leaping. Solera. And this is gone for a two run over. Sox lead 6 to 4. He's hit two tonight. Hit two yesterday. The 3 1. Swinging a long one to left field. This could be a game winner. It's going to go for a home run. Sox win. Sox win. And a two out home run by Trace Thompson to left. And the pitch. Silvers lets him go. He swings a high fly ball to center. Dropping fast. In comes Angle, the center fielder. Sox win. Sox win. Finally, the losing streak is over, and the White Sox salvage one here at Wrigley Field. Swinging a long one, center field. This is tag, bag, two-run homer. Hawka did exactly what he does most of the time. He goes deep somewhere in the ballpark. Hawka, high fly left field. Tag, bag, Sox win. Sox win, and Puck is home run to left. Light it up. Danny swings, line drive, center field. That's the base hit. That gets this even around third. Yomer, the throw coming in, going to be close. He dives for home. Sox win. Sox win on the single by Danny Polka. Sox maintain the lead. Rodon has been filthy tonight. He's got the, the mentality and the, the heart, and now he seems to be kind of connecting all of that with the ability to execute. I believe he gets stronger as he goes. I mean, he's a horse. Swinging a high fly ball to sit well. Right center field. Angle against the fence in right field. Leaps. Did he bring it back? Yeah, he did. Just another one that Ingle steals from a batter that was gone for a home run. He brought it back and made the catch. Adam will look at second. He deals to Jose. Swing it along one to left. Tag, bag, Sox lead. A three-run homer for Abreu. Light it up. Backhanded by Anderson in left field. The long throw on the money. Not only does he hit the two-run home run, he ends the game with a spectacular play at short. It took hard work. It took hard work, man. You know, the word was that I wasn't a shortstop. But, uh... No, my goal is come out and prove these people wrong. Kopech's ready to go, and they're standing for the young guy right now, all the way around the ballpark. Kopech with the one-two pitch. Check swing. He went. He's out on strike. Sano saying, I want to review. The home plate umpire already called you out. The one-two pitch to Bauer. Inside corner, strike three. Got him looking. Kopech struck out the side in between strikeout two and three. I hit batter a single, and they leave a pair. I went from just about my absolute peak to the absolute rock bottom for me. I think to say it was unexpected would be an understatement. It sucks. J.D. Martinez backs up at the wall. It's gone for a home run. Oh, it flew out of here for Timmy Anderson. Sox win, Sox win, and they win the series against the Red Sox with a win today, four games to three. I feel like I'm the proudest man and the luckiest man on the face of the earth, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, because when you take a man's money, you take a man's money. 
But when you take a man's time, you take a part of his life. High pop-up on the infield playable for Davidson. Foul territory. Matthew puts the clamps out. White Sox win. Sox win, and they win 10-4. And the win, that goes to Ronaldo Lopez. Lawson Jose Quintana. If you can a little bit, give us a couple of your thoughts. I'm going to give you one, and that's it. I love you all, and I always will. As I said, I'll go in my way for that. Thank you. Great job, Dan Long. That was awesome. Take a bow, Danny. That was awesome. That was, you know, and, and I was listening to it this morning, and I'm like, okay, he's got to have the angle in here because, you know, he's got all the offensive stuff, but that week, that one week in August where Adam Angle, not once, not twice, but thrice, brought home runs back to the park. Like, some guys never do it in their career. Other guys get one. Angle did it three times in a week, and, and Dan Long was all over it. I, I hadn't listened to it until this very moment, despite replying back at 3.55 a.m., and I didn't expect the ending, and uh, I just got a little verklempt. A little, 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 little tightness in the throat with the, with the Hawk ending. That was a great, great touch, and, and exactly what it should have been. That was awesome. Uh, and we'll miss you, Hawk, even though you'll be the ambassador next year, and uh, you have a phenomenal replacement in Jason Benetti, who's going to join us at 2.35 today. But that was, uh, that was, that was a huge part of the season. I, I thought... Uh, the moment when uh, both the Cubs and the White Sox, of course, came out oh, yeah. and were tipping their cap to Hawk and uh, overcome by emotion, everything that being the White Sox announcer meant to him. I mean, that was and that was that was big time. The, the, you know, the White Sox do a real good job with the ceremonies. They did a great job for Hawk. They did a really nice job for the Jim Tomey uh, ceremony. We were out there watching amongst the people. Absolutely, and uh, you know, Tomey got the RBI. Um, you know that mattered most that helped to help to help the Sox in the playoffs. You know he was uh, he'll be thought of as an Indian. He'll go into the Hall of Fame as a Cleveland Indian, no doubt. And I know he spent time with the Phils, but yeah, he's a Peoria kid. It was kind of cool to see Tommy playing for the White Sox, and you'll see him around the park. He's another guy, you know, that uh, Reinsdorf. He appreciates the people around him, and he gives them opportunity. Yeah, that was. Uh Yet another moment on the year. Imagine what it's going to sound like when they win the World Series. That was a that that was for a sixty-two win club right there. So <laughs> yes, maybe maybe sixty-four, but maybe sixty-two when you draft third. Right. All right. Let's uh, let's take a quick timeout. Todd Steverson, Trick, the White Sox hitting coach, will be with us after two o'clock on seven twenty WGN. Tonight. Get it while you can. Sox baseball for your Saturday night from Minnesota. White Sox weekly kicks off at 3.30. Ed Farmer and Darren Jackson with the first pitch at 6.10. Catch Andy Mazur with your White Sox pregame today at 5.30 on AM 1160. A proud sponsor of Chicago White Sox charities, C.J. Wilson Mazda is always trying to make your car shopping fun. Fun at C.J. Wilson Mazda means no suits, no high-pressure sales, just regular people who treat you like a neighbor. What a great time to buy or trade at C.J. Wilson Mazda, with Mazda monthly incentives all month long. Experience a personal test drive today at C.J. Wilson Mazda in Orland Park and Countryside. Always online at ZoomZoomNation.com. Wow, me again. And it looks like C.J. Wilson Mazda just hit another Grand Slam with its all-star service and selection. What a great time to be alive. Because you're not just looking for a car, you're looking for a dealership. 
a proud sponsor of Chicago White Sox Charities. Test drive a C.J. Wilson Mazda today in Orland Park and Countryside. Always online at ZoomZoomNation.com. You know, DJ, when I was a boy, I had a dream of driving a Windy City limousine. I thought you dreamt of being a big league pitcher. I really want to drive one of those beautiful Windy City limousines, hybrids, coaches, or buses, and honk the horn as I drove by my friends going to see the Sox play. So instead of becoming a Windy City limousine driver, you became a big league pitcher, and now you're a broadcaster calling the games to millions of fans on White Sox radio? Yeah, I guess some dreams just don't come true. Windy City Limousine, call today at 866-94-WINDY or online at Windy City Limos with an S. Dot com. It's about time. We are Wintrust, proud sponsor of your Chicago White Sox. We know how you feel about your team. You remember the first time you saw the exploding scoreboard, and you still get a thrill when the pinwheels and fireworks light up the sky. Now, we offer another way to show your team pride. With our White Sox checking account and debit card, every purchase will have you singing, Go, Go, White Sox. Find out more at Wintrust.com slash socks. Banking services provided by Wintrust Community Banks. Chicago White Sox trademarks used with permission. Members of FDIC. At Jack Phelan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram in Countryside, it's a jack fact everyone saves. Over 400 new Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram trucks, and over 100 pre-driven. It's a jack fact. No matter your vehicle need, no matter your budget, no matter your credit, everyone saves at Jack Phelan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram in Countryside. It's a jack fact. You gotta see Jack. Jack Phelan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram conveniently located on LaGrange Road in Countryside or on Online at jackphalenjeep.com. You're late for work and still have to drop off the kids at school. You jump in your car, hit the garage door remote, and nothing happens. Now what? Green Tea Services, service to a green tea. Hi, it's Tonya Kuri for my family business, Green Tea Services. Right now, we have a garage door maintenance special. Our trained technicians come out and adjust the springs, Check the cables, inspect the rollers, tighten hinges, and give your door and opener a complete lubrication. All for just $47. Service to a green tea. Garage doors fail when you least expect it. Don't get stuck in or out of your garage. Call for our $47 garage door maintenance special. Call Green Tea now for details. 800-5-GREEN-TEA. Green Tea Services. Service to a green tea. 805 green tea 805 green tea or greenteaservices.com here are the sounds that matter the top five at five from the roll con show with anna deflantes weekday afternoons on 720 wgn chicago smart speaker users just say play wgn radio on tune in the news is sponsored by next door and window it's two o'clock Here's Bob Kessler. And it's mostly cloudy 61 at O'Hare. Two people are pleading guilty to federal charges after allegedly using counterfeit bills to buy Girl Scout cookies. Here's WGN's Domati Pungo. The pair bought 
Girl Scout cookies with fake $20 bills at a church concession stand in southern Illinois. Court records say Christopher Van Bieber pleaded guilty Thursday to federal charges, while Lena Peterson pleaded guilty back in June. Sentencing hearings are set for this fall and winter. Doma T. Pongo, WGN News. A 24-year-old Aurora man was shot to death near his home on Aurora's east side late yesterday. Police are investigating the death of Renee Barra from the 200 block of North Union. He was sitting in a car with a 21-year-old when someone walked up and fired several shots around 1140 last night. Victims groups are reacting to Pope Francis taking an exceptional measure against a predator priest. ABC's Megan Williams in Rome has details. Vatican spokesperson Greg Burke describes the Pope's defrocking of Chilean priests Fernando Caradima as it's an exceptional measure that the Pope has taken, but Caradima did an exceptional amount of, of harm to so many people in Chile. Seven years ago, a Vatican tribunal found Caradima guilty of sexually abusing dozens of boys, but it allowed him to remain a priest. That's why the SNAP Survivors Group says it's time for independent investigators to look into crimes and cover-ups in the church, not the Vatican. Megan Williams, ABC News, Rome. A tsunami triggered by an earthquake's left a path of devastation in central Indonesia, sweeping away buildings and cutting off communities. Officials there are saying at least 384 people died in one hard-hit city, Palu. The number of fatalities is expected to rise once rescuers reach surrounding coastal areas. The Illinois Tollway may make it possible to charge up electric vehicles along I-294. It's part of a $4 billion project to rebuild and widen the 22-mile portion of the roadway. Additions could include conventional charging stations, also supercharger stations that work more quickly, and smart-powered lanes that charge electric vehicles as they drive along the road. And Wisconsin may have to close some homes for veterans. More from WGN's Roger Badish. New report shows the State Department of Veteran Affairs would drive its veterans' homes into deficit if lawmakers approve its request to continue diverting money from the homes to a trust fund. The DVA has transferred tens of millions of Wisconsin's three veterans' homes to shore up the Veterans Trust Fund, which supports veterans' programs. Roger Badish, WGN News. We'll have a look at sports, traffic, and weather next on WGN. Venture back to the 1960s with Ryan Gosling as he embodies Neil Armstrong to tell the tale of the first human to walk on the moon. Do you think you're coming back? First Man launches October 1st at the Buffalo Grove Theater. We need to fail. We need to fail down here so we don't fail up there. Get your tickets today at bgtheater.com or Fandango and witness how nothing is impossible if you try hard enough. No matter how modern your family might be, if you're pedaling around bedrock in a gas engine vehicle, you're living in the past. The era of the electric vehicle has arrived. With instant acceleration, electric cars are more fun to drive and more affordable than ever. Electric cars are here. Plug in to the present. Learn more at PluginToThePresent.com. Sponsored by Volkswagen Group of America. I love it, love it, love it. Wow, Lindsay. Even when you produce the House Smart Show, you're not always this enthusiastic. Well, I love it. Love it. The beauty. The colors. Oh, you mean these quartz countertops at Builder Supply Outlet there? Oh, I already know, Tom Jenke. Your fabulous designers gave me the rundown. Super high-quality quartz countertops. State-of-the-art, precise. Measuring systems and quartz is non porous, so it never needs sealing. Right. We went.
went on a hunt to find a quartz manufacturer that rivals the best of the best at our everyday outlet prices. And the winner was? Mont Surfaces Quartz Countertops. Fast delivery, excellent quality, and when we give you a price, there's no hidden charges. Loving it. Come see these gorgeous Mont Surfaces Countertops at Builder Supply Outlet on Cermak Road at 25th Avenue in Broadview. Quality and savings are what you get at Builder Supply Outlet. Or visit buildersupplyoutlet.com. WGN Sports. We have Big Ten Football Northwestern hosting Michigan today. Pre-game at 3, kickoff 3.30 with Dave Bennett and Ted Albrecht on 720 WGN and com. The White Sox are in Minnesota. We'll have the pre-game with Andy Mazur at 5.35. The first pitch at 6.10 with Ed Farmer and Darren Jackson. That'll be on AM 11.60. And then we'll join the game in progress after Northwestern football right here on 720 WGN Cubs are hosting St. Louis at Wrigley Field this afternoon right now. Bottom of the seventh, Cardinals are leading 2-1. to one. The Blackhawks continue preseason tonight against Columbus at the UC. Pre-game at 7 with Chris Bowden, John Weideman, and Troy Murray. That's on AM 890, but also WGNRadio.com. WGN traffic on the Kennedy right now inbound. It's 38 minutes in from O'Hare, 26 in from Montrose. Downtown outbound to Montrose is 27 minutes. It's 42 out to O'Hare. Eisenhower is 39 minutes in from 390, 26 minutes in from Mannheim. The Stevenson is a half hour in from actually outbound Lakeshore Drive to the Tri-State. And Dan Ryan is 26 minutes in from 95th. For personalized traffic on demand, get the Traffic's Chicago app. Approved by the mortgage experts of Team Hochberg, just search T-R-A-F-F-I-X Chicago. The forecast from the WGN Chicago Weather Center. Showers tonight, 52. Showers likely tomorrow, mainly before 7 a.m. Cloudy, 67 for the high tomorrow. Sunday night, a 40% chance for showers and thunderstorms. Cloudy, 57. Monday, a 20% chance of showers. Partly sunny with a high near 78. It is 61 at O'Hare, 58 at Midway, 59 in East Chicago, 58 along Chicago's lakefront. I'm Bob Kessler in the WGN Newsroom, ready to join the conversation live whenever a story changes. On Chicago's very own 720 WGN. It's great to be back with WGN. It's White Sox Weekly on the official radio station of the Chicago White Sox. 720 WGN. Halfway home on White Sox Weekly with you till 3 o'clock today. About to talk to Todd Steverson, the White Sox hitting coach, a.k.a. Trick. As we will, uh, hey, see what the plan is for some of these guys in the offseason, starting with uh, Yoan Moncada, who will, uh, a lot to always talk about with the White Sox hitting coach. Adam Hogue is out at uh, Ryan Field. I'm hearing an echo, which isn't great. Hi, Adam. Hey, guys. Adam, who is your 2018 Chicago White Sox MVP? Ooh, that's a good question. Thank you. I had the uh, I had the uh, pronoun in the right place, the verb in the right place. I wrote it for him. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, I'm gonna go with Carlos Rodon. Ooh. I know. I know that even though he hasn't ended the season as hot as he was. That was such a big development for me, seeing him pitch the way he did once he came back and was fully healthy and ready to go. Such a huge question mark coming into the season. Will Carlos Rodon be the guy that they thought when they drafted him as high as they did? And he didn't have him the first couple months of the season. 
He comes back. He delivers. And for a long stretch there, looked like a legitimate ace in the American League. I, I think that that was a huge development for this team. So uh, maybe MVP, if you want to start at arguing over who's, who's the most valuable to the team. I don't know. But... Uh, that's going to be my selection right now on the fly. Harry, you want to answer your own question? Well, I mean, I, if I were giving a rookie of the year, I'd probably give it to the guy that I would give MVP to. And I get why Adam says Rodon, because he's a monster. And when the Sox succeed, he will be the ace of the staff. And he is already the ace. But he's going to dominate you know, for an entire year. And his health seems like uh, he's under total control of being a healthy pitcher. Uh, Daniel Polka. Polka, you yeah. know, uh, people didn't... We, we, we heard so many names of guys that would be coming up. We didn't hear the name Daniel Polka, who was, you know, a guy that was put on waivers, who another organization thought, this guy's nothing. And Polka is going to end up leading the team in homers, leading the team in RBI, and I love his attitude. Well, and I, I mean, I remember being out in Arizona in the spring, and the first game I was at, this guy Daniel Polka comes up, and I'm like, flipping through my media guide, who is this guy? Where'd he come from? Uh, okay, claimed off of waivers from the Twins. That's interesting. Uh, and then he hit a bomb that almost hit the scoreboard. I don't know if you guys have been out to Camelback Ranch, but in right field there's a scoreboard way beyond the stands, and he almost hit it on the fly. And I'm like, okay, I don't really know who this is, but he has some legitimate power. And then, obviously, this season he's been incredible. And not only hitting the home runs he did, but in so, so many clutch moments and to come, come up as big as he has in the ninth inning so many times even the other night just with a single just needed a single to get two runs in and win the game and he did it i'm gonna go with tim anderson just to get uh, another guy into the mix here who the conversation around timmy was can he play shortstop now the conversation is is he uh one of the best if uh, you know shortstops in the game it's been a huge progression for him and another 20 homers and uh what how many steals did he end up with 26 so far First White Sox shortstop in the history of the organization to have 20 homers and 20 stolen bases. Uh, and I think right now, at least, kind of the face of the organization. Uh, you know, he's been here. He, uh, I mean, who are you going to put on the media cover next year? You're not, you're not going to, you can't. Well, I mean, Moncada so, has been. Yeah. I, you. I, I think Timmy is like, a, he's right there. He's having, he's sitting there against, uh, was it against the Cubs, I want to say? Yes, it was, where he's getting in an argument and getting kicked out of a game, right, with uh, right. W- w- in the ninth inning when you could easily be uh, thinking about your offseason. He's not doing that. I, I don't know. I think Tim's just uh, been a huge credit to the organization, and, both on and off the field this year. And he has turned it around defensively. I mean, the uh, the SDI number, the defensive index number, he was at negative 11 last year. He's positive this year, 1.6. Seventh best ranked defensive shortstop ahead of Addison Russell, who everybody would say is a great defensive shortstop. Interesting name to bring up right now. But uh, yeah. uh, So, hey, Adam, sellout at Ryan Field today. What's the atmosphere yeah. like right now? Oh, it's awesome. I, I mean, sure, a lot of these fans here are Michigan fans, but uh, definitely a yeah. I mean, well, that's that's how it is, and, and we know it. But there's a a ton of people out here in Evanston. It's a great college football atmosphere. This is a nationally televised game on Fox today, so there, there's a buzz. And I'm sitting here in the end zone right now. Big crowd here, uh, and it's a great place to be if you're, you know, one of these Michigan fans that's coming from out of town, or you're, just, or you're a Northwestern fan taking public transportation. Southeast corner of the stadium, outside Ryan Field, the corner of Central and Ashland. There's a DJ here about five feet away from me right now, who's uh, 
I don't know if you guys can hear that music, but we can. He's, yeah, he's pumping the music. There it is. All right. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and there's there's beer and wine here, and so it's a great place to be. Uh, yes. And uh, did you know that there were more uh, li- there are more living Michigan alumni than any other university? Uh, that makes sense. I mean, it's an enormous school. Big school. Enormous school. Yes. Did you know that it's going to be sweet when the Wildcats beat them today? I, I would love it. I know that. I absolutely <laughs> did know that. It will be very, very, very sweet. Well, Dave Annett has, uh, and Ted, of course, will have the pregame and, at and 3 by, o'clock. Adam will be doing his sideline work and dominating and uh, hopefully be talking about a Wildcat. Well, we're going to check in with you again a little bit before we get out of here, too, Adam. Sounds good, guys. Go Cats. All right. Adam Hogue out at Ryan Field as uh, we get you ready for Northwestern and Michigan. Again, we'll be on our airwaves at 3. White Sox will start late on 720 WGN. If you want to get the beginning of the White Sox game and Andy Mazur's pregame show, which starts at 535, go over to AM 1160. And when the Cats are done, the White Sox will be here on 720. Let's take a quick time out. Hopefully we'll uh, run into the White Sox hitting coach Todd Steverson next on 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly, little Northwestern Michigan preview all combined into it with you till 3 o'clock on 720 WGNR. Carmen and Harry Tynowitz, great to have you along here. And a reminder, to bring a group out for a game in 2019, you get specially priced tickets along with a great experience. The White Sox have options for school outings, nonprofit organizations, special occasions, all of it. You can call 312-674-1000 for more information. Here's a treat. Sox fans, join Yomer, Sanchez, T.A., Tim Anderson, Nikki Delmonico, and the great Ron Kittle, plus a bunch of others on December 9th for Sox on the Beach with Apple Vacation. Stay seven nights at the all-inclusive Iberostar Paraiso Lindo in beautiful Riviera Maya, Mexico. There'll be a private welcome party, autograph session, food and drink, and special group activities with your White Sox hosts. Visit applevacations.com slash White Sox to book your trip today. So I want to do that, and I want to do the fantasy camp, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. Of course, uh, you want to be there in uh, January at the Hilton. That's that's a given, Mm -hmm. but I'm looking for something a little bit more... Fancy in my off-season, Harry, if you will. A nice little vacay. A little little put the uniform on. Take some ground balls. Well, I mean, that's like that's like two things. It like fulfills the uh, the fantasy of hanging out with the Sox, and you get a cool vacation out of it. Right. Cake and eat it, too. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. All right. Marie Antoinette. Yeah, so we are, we're hoping to talk with Todd Steverson, which I mentioned a couple times here. Uh, you also mentioned his nickname is Trick. Yes, and uh, hopefully he'll be calling in here in a little bit. If not... Uh, well, regardless, we're going to be talking with Jason Benetti after uh, 2.30 here on White Sox Weekly. Sox and the Twins tonight, final start for Carlos Rodon. Last night uh, with Lucas Giolito. Throw it out. Just throw it out, huh? Throw, throw out the game. Well, I hated to see it because he's, he's uh, been so solid in the second half. And then, you know, he gave up three runs in the first inning which wasn't great, but then in the second inning, he could not find the plate, walked the first four batters uh, of the inning, and pitches were all over the map. Up high, way outside, inside, low. So he was blatantly uh, just struggling with his mechanics. And I almost was like, why don't we just... It's not going to happen, but why not just run him out there uh, on Sunday for just a couple innings so he can just leave (laughs) the offseason, you know... 
And, you and know, it's like a, like a side session. They, well, you know, that's that's not a bad question for Benetti. You know, when you are a starting pitcher, there's, you know, a lot of time between starts if it was a bad start. You know, if, if uh, I, I can compare it to when I did stand-up. If you did stand-up on a, you know, stand-up comedy was Tuesday through Sunday, some clubs Wednesday through Sunday, some clubs Tuesday through Saturday. But the last show you wanted to stink was the last one of the week because you'd have to wait till the following performance to get that out of your mouth, that bad taste. I wish Giolito could get another start before the season ends, but it's not a nutty thought to give him an inning on Sunday. Not completely out of right. It's not nutty. I doubt that with, with 74 guys, there's 18 guys in, on the staff, you know, so I don't know if they'll do it. But, you know, if he says something to Renteria, Renteria has proven to be a player's manager. So I don't know if he asked Ricky, he would talk. Lucas finished the year with 173 and one-third uh, innings pitched, 166 hits. The ERA has got to come down. It... Uh, Finishes at six point one three, which yeah. uh, it was up over seven, and, and, and he got it down uh, under six. Uh, but with yesterday's outing, giving up the seven runs in, in two innings, that's that's uh, it, it vaulted it back up. Uh, overall, though, his uh, walk, too many walks all year, and and overall at home, I believe he was the worst starter in the majors for pitching at home. And and you're right about the walks. He had ninety, which far and away led the staff. Second most was uh Shield. Led, led led baseball. Yeah. it's a it's a lot of a lot of guys putting on base, but you can't use you, you know you, you're not obviously you're not helping yourself. I still think though that if I'm Lucas Giolito and I'm going home after this season where I started so slow and then I you know if you if you look at his months uh, you know, August and September were so much better than early in the year. Uh, and, you know, you go through it. He had a three eight six ERA in August. Uh, September, like, ends up poorly because of the one and one-thirds. But before that, um, you know, he, and he had a bad outing against the Tigers on little, the day after Labor Day. But in the middle, he's, you know, seven innings, six innings, six and two-thirds, and just, just solid. Uh, and he, he won... He was a uh, part of four wins in August. He was a part of four wins in July when he took the bump. So there's a lot of, you know, I, I would think that Lucas overall is, if, and he's very hard on himself. We've talked to him, and, and he conveyed all that. But I think overall, when he looks in the mirror, I think I think he's got to feel like this was a great experience for me this year, and I'm going to come out in 2019 and just be that much better because of it. I would I would assume that's his mindset. And, and I have confidence in Lucas Giolito. I think you know, like as we talked about earlier in the show, Carm, you know, Lopez started out like a house of fire, and then he went down. He had a like a very bad swing. If you were doing the uh, chart. You know, his chart dipped for a while, but then he came back up. So that's that happens with young pitchers. And I feel very confident that Rodon, Giolito, Lopez are going to give you a very strong 60% of your rotation. It'll be interesting to see who the other two arms are. Let's talk to Jason Benetti about uh, the future of the White Sox next, as uh, he will join us from Minneapolis. Uh, Benetti after the 2.30 News on 720 WGN. You're listening to White Sox Weekly on the home of the Sox, 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly, 235. Hope you're having a great Saturday. Mark Harmon and Harry Tynowitz with you till the top of the hour. Dave Ennett, Ted Albrecht, Adam Hogue will take over then as it's the Wildcats and Michigan from Ryan Field. Sellout crowd today. 
And, uh, of course, the White Sox in Minnesota coming up tonight. Game will start on AM 1160. And then once the Wildcat game is over, 720 WGN will have the rest of it for you. Stadium Links is transforming Chicago's own guaranteed rate field into a -a one-of-a-kind golf experience for three days only. October 5th to the 7th, the home of White Sox baseball will be a -a one-of-a-kind nine-hole golf course, offering fans the opportunity to tee up from the outfield concourse and upper deck. To register for a tea time, visit stadiumlinks.com. How cool is that? I, Someone's getting a little crazy. That is thinking out of the batter's box. I mean, I, I, I loved it, and uh, I wanted to talk to those guys. Hopefully, maybe we'll have them on before the event happens. Also, a reminder that uh, 2019 premium seating is available for full or partial season packages. Each area is unique and allows you to enjoy high-end amenities and the best view in the ballpark. You can call 312-674-1000 for uh, information. Harry, you can actually speak to that since you were sitting in the premium seats on Monday. Uh, our, our buddy Bob Grimm. I'll tell you, when I started in sports radio uh, 24 years ago, I thought it would be so cool to meet the players. And Now the relationships I value the most are the Bob Grimm's, the Scott Reiferts, you know, uh, the, the people that um, have been there and who treat us great, and Bob being in charge of all broadcasting and everything that happens with the White Sox, uh, he hooked, hooked me up as a thank you for the year, gave me uh, tickets to the scout seats. Scout seats are those seats right behind uh, the uh, behind home plate where the guy in the yellow uh, M&M's jacket sits all year. That guy needs to sit down, by the way, when he's at the games. He needs to sit down, and Trent Green needs to sit down. Okay, we all know you played for the Rams. I, 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 I know he's a sponsor, but he stands a lot. We see him a lot. Too much standing from the Eminem guy? Yes. Uh, but the scouts are awesome. There's, did, well, hold on a second. Because yes. uh, I don't know if, you know, occasionally you can be a drop passive aggressive, as can we all. Did you say anything that night? He was not there Monday night. Oh, okay. So you, so you being there weren't bothered, but you on TV, you think he's bothering the people. I, I don't. I, I, bothered's not the right word. What's I'm the word? Saying, I, I, I don't know, but I, my eyes are drawn to the yellow jacket. Ah, so you're and, you're. and then he stands up, and now they're even more drawn. But anybody who wears the Eminem jacket, even when it's ninety-five degrees out, you got you got to give him props, man. That is a man who is right. committed. And, and of course, his wonderful limousine company is the uh, you know Farmio and DJ do the ads for all year. Um, but I, I've never met in person had him on the air several times would like to meet him i'm not complaining about him i'm just saying he, he stands a lot and ah. that takes my eyes off of uh what i want to look at so you're complaining about your own lack of focus in your in your, your right okay um and, and as an actor i'm trained to observe but you know i uh, you, you uh scout seats you know there's guys carving prime rib turkey and um uh, there's all kinds of uh pasta stations and you know the kids love it the kids get to act like uh, you know all the kids are running around there and they get to act like you know it's um uh, they're adults and then there's a whole dessert thing that comes and uh in the seats it's all waitresses and waiters and what would you like so i mean it's really if you know if you've got a couple extra bucks it's spectacular for entertaining guests it's it people don't people don't do business in boardrooms anymore they do business at the ballpark who are you doing business with i'm me, I was just sitting there with my brother and my two kids, Aww. you know. Uh, but uh, it's a great experience. So check out the scout seats. And, uh, again, I, I I highly recommend them. Who had more fun, Reggie or Lucy? Well, I think Lucy had more fun during the game. But once the desserts were set up, I think Reggie had more fun. Reggie got excited? Yes. Do you remember what he had? 
What didn't he have? Reggie went for it all? Yes. They had bread pudding with like chocolate, you know, syrup running through it. How great is that? Yeah, that's that's a win. That is that's a win all day. Yes. And the only bad thing about Monday night was there was no Johan Mancata in the lineup. Yeah, well, uh, that's an interesting name to bring up here as uh, we are efforting Jason Benetti. We're also going to go back out to Ryan Field, check in with Adam Hogue. But uh, since you brought up Moncada, just for a brief moment here, because we got a second, Harry. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting interesting year, to say the least, for Johan Moncada. Uh, I, I think he showed more focus towards the end of the season as far as uh, his play in the field. But like last night, was a, uh, he had a, a poor error on a ground ball that went through his legs. He dropped a pop-up as well, going back. Not an easy play, but a play that he should and make. And he makes incredible plays. And he makes incredible plays. And he, you know, the power numbers, you got to like it. 29 doubles, 17 homers. He's got 61 RBIs hitting at the top Let of the order. Let me ask you this. Is he fast? He, and, and and he's got great speed. But, uh, and I asked Rick Hahn about this, and you know how much did the strikeouts matter or are of concern to you? You know, one on the low end, ten on the high end. Where are you at? And he said on the low end uh, because he basically when you have a player who swings at everything and is chasing up and is chasing balls in the dirt, that is much harder to teach out of guys than somebody like Moncada who has taken a ton of called thirds just off the plate or in his mind that are you know catching some part of the black and, and maybe a young player not getting calls. I mean, that's a part of the reason why he struck out 215 times this year. But it's, a, you know, like, I don't know if you watched his last at-bat last night, but he fouled uh, some pitches off that were just off the plate, maybe would have been called a strike, but he, he showed a willingness to, you know, come out of his zone a little bit and just to keep the at-bat alive. And then, he, and then despite all that, he ended up taking strike three. So it's he's he's I think trying to figure that part of his game out, if you will. But clearly, there's just you know there's some more to go, and and he's gonna and it's a very young player that he's just gonna have to keep working it. And I realize that Jose Abreu has been the face of the White Sox, and he's the first Sox position player in 22 years to start in the All-Star game when he did it this year in the nation's capital. But Johan Moncada, to me, is still the face of the team. And that's our uh, our text question today. Text question sponsored by C.J. Wilson Mazda and ZoomZoomNation.com. Where Who is all- the face? Uh, I'm sorry. Absolutely. Who is the face of the White Sox right now, where they're always trying to make your car shopping fun? 312-981-7200. That's a phone line, text line for that one. Who is, the, in your mind, who is the face of the Chicago White Sox right now? It could be, you might, you could go off the board and say, Eloy's already the face, even though he hasn't played in the game for the Sox. And, and that, that's, that's, that's an answer. But in your mind, uh, who is the face of the and, team? And you still think it's T.A.? I think you make a very strong argument for Tim Anderson. I think you can certainly go with Jose Abreu. I think you could say Carlos Rodon. I think you could even I, look. There's a lot of no one has leapt up and grabbed that quite yet. So it's kind of you're also like seeing your future with uh, the question as well. Quick timeout. Adam Hogue from Ryan Field talks some White Sox and some Wildcats with him next on 720 WGN. Seven twenty WGN White Sox Weekly. What are you going to tell me, Harry? No, I was just uh, wondering um, uh, how Northwestern will split the quarterbacking duties today. Oh, well, let's bring in a guy who probably knows, uh, Adam Hogue, out at Ryan Field in the end zone. Also talking up, White guy? Sox too. What's up, Adam Hogue? How, how's how's it filling in since the last time we talked to you about a half hour ago? 
still pretty busy. I'd have to call this a great success, this end zone here, out here. And again, we're out at the uh, corner of Central and Ashland, southeast corner of Ryan Field. A uh, great place to stop by before the game. Got some food trucks here and uh, some beer and wine before the game. Uh, as far as the quarterback situation goes for Northwestern, I'm curious to see that too today, guys, because last game against Akron, which was two weeks ago, it was obvious that Clayton Thorson was playing more than he had the first two games. Was uh, I, I thought he might actually go the whole game, but then T.J. Green did a did get a couple series in there. But now two more weeks go by. I have to imagine that Clayton's pretty close to being able to play a whole game. Uh, so it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if we don't actually see T.J. Green today. Okay, and we we talked earlier about, and it's very you know sad news that Larkin's career has to uh, come to an end. Thank God it happens before there's like a major injury. So how how do do his carries get dispersed today? Uh, another another thing where I just think we got to wait and see. But John Moten, he's a guy that's had success before. He had a huge game against Purdue a couple of years ago. Still a junior. Um, you know, sort sort of a bruising type running back, and then there's the freshman Isaiah Bowser, who, you know, the coaches love him, and he's going to get an opportunity here to uh, to shine. Most likely, get some carries today as well. So uh, those are the two guys to keep an eye on, and uh, you know, th- th- these things happen uh, in, in any sport. But sometimes a key player goes out. This is unfortunately a, a little bit bigger of a situation because Jeremy Larkin actually had to retire from football altogether. But somebody here. You always say next man up. It's a cliche, but it often is real in in uh, football, and that's certainly the situation here today. And uh, John Moe in the fourth is getting the shot at it. I mean, he did replace Ezekiel Elliott in high school, so he's got a little bit yeah. of uh, history of you know filling some some pretty big shoes. Their running backs coach, the Wildcats running backs coach Adam Lewis Ayeni, uh, he had a situation where he lost a pr- premium guy, and then all of a sudden he found Kareem Hunt. So. I, I okay. always, I, I always feel like there's just that position is in my mind at least easier to replace uh, than than say the quarterback spot. Yeah, yeah. I, I think though, this was an a incredibly rare situation where you could have somebody like Justin Jackson leave the program and feel okay about it. I mean, yeah. that rarely ever happens. Now this is more of a question mark. But hey, look, guys emerge in college football all the time. Recruiting rankings are flawed. You, you get young kids come in here. You never know what they're going to turn into. Some never, pan, some five stars never pan out. Some two stars turn into Khalil Mack. And by the way, Khalil Mack was really actually a zero star. When you're that low and you sign with a D1 team, they automatically give you a two star rating. The point being, guys emerge out of nowhere sometimes, and uh, that's maybe what's going to have to happen here for Northwestern. And Khalil Mack, congrats to you for your purchase. Uh, Khalil Mack uh, bought a house in Glencoe this week. No. Okay. Yes. Yes. So Do you we're have making a real estate review here. Uh, oh, well, I, I can only tell you it's East Glanco and uh, it's a rough neighborhood. Yeah, it's it's a, yeah. it's a, it's, a, it's quite a nice home. It's a brand new home in, in an area where there's a lot of older houses. Can he afford that? Uh, he's one of the highest paid athletes ever. Okay, I want you to look in your crystal baseball, Adam, and tell me what you see in your White Sox future with seventy nine Jose Abreu. Ooh, man. I mean, I, I have to imagine if they didn't move him this year that he's going to be around with the White Sox next year. I mean, don't you guys agree? I do. Yeah. I, and, and you know what? He does have an incredible amount of value to these young guys. 
Uh, it was a tough year for him, kind of a fluky year. I mean, who has two random health ailments like that that are really unrelated from right. playing the game? Uh, that's kind of unheard of. Uh, and, and he's going to be incredibly motivated, too, to come back and and put together. I mean, he was playing really well after the All-Star break. He turned things around and unfortunately just sort of got derailed. So I, my crystal ball says he's still with the White Sox next season. My crystal ball would actually extend out past next season. I think the Sox bring him back on another deal. And he's uh, the seasoned veteran around this group as they uh, get to where yeah. they hopefully and you know so, want to get to. Right. So many Latin players, you would see the great value Abreu has. He's the guy they sent to the airport to get Moncada. So I, yeah. I, I, I totally understand that. Um, so, Adam, if, is the closer for the 2019 White Sox, is he on this team now? Ooh. Well, I, 2019, I think they're still experimenting for the most part. Um, I mean, don't you do another similar deal where you try to bring in some veterans, sprinkle them in, and uh, and look to flip some of them in the, in the middle of the year next year? I think there will be at least a couple of those guys, maybe not as many because they did bring up a ton of young young arms here in September that'll be in spring training and have an opportunity to to make the team. But I mean, if I'm going to name one guy as a possibility, Jace Fry seems to have that type of stuff. Um, has had some big moments this season where he got guys out in tough situations. So if I had to name one guy on this team right now that has a chance to uh, to to maybe take a stab at that role, it would be him. And I, and I love it that you have the brass, the, the big brass ones, to go out there and throw out a Jace Fry, who certainly has had some big, big uh, t- success. Like what we said earlier coming in the segment, like Adam said, great success. Great success. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Adam Hogue is live at the end zone as we're also getting ready for the Wildcats and Michigan coming up here. Uh, so it was an interesting comments from Rick Hahn about, uh, A, they want to add pitching, which could be in the starting rotation and in the bullpen, but also they're not waiting necessarily for the perfect time to say, okay, we've made it this far, now it's time to make a big splash. It's going to be more if it makes sense. So there's a Bryce Harper, there is a Manny Machado, uh, I'm wondering if what do you think, Adam, as far as the White Sox being deeply involved with either of those two? Well, there was some smoke with Machado last offseason, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Han was openly discussing it with the media. So, uh, at least when those rumors swirled. I have to imagine they're at least doing their due diligence on those situations. And I think that they probably realize at some point... You don't just sit and put together a whole team based on prospects. Even you know the, these other teams that have rebuilt, gone through rebuilds recently do go out and spend money when it's time to go win. Now, when we've talked about this before, guys. Are they ready to win in 2019? Probably not. Do Bryce Harper and Manny Machado come around in free agency every year? No, they don't. So it is an interesting situation where... You you don't necessarily accelerate the whole timetable, but if you are going to be interested in one of those guys, you have to do it now. You don't have a choice. You can't wait a year. So uh, I don't know if the times completely line up, but I have to imagine Rickon is going to be at least doing due diligence on the situation, and if they determine it makes sense to go for it now with the understanding that it might not result in a World Series in 2019 and the free agents, one of those guys is on board, well, then maybe it could happen. I, I, all I'm saying is I wouldn't rule it out completely. Hey, Adam, any hoagies? Any hoagies? 
Any little tidbit about the I, White I Sox? Any, yeah, uh, which sport do you want right now? Now I'm, not, now I'm like, which hoagie do you want? I want the White I Sox hoagie. Uh, I want the White Sox. Yes. You got one minute. Make it a good one. Oh, man. Off the top of my head with the White Sox. Huh. No pressure. You go. You yeah, go northwestern. You can go northwestern hoagie. As I did no, not no, specify. No, no, I'll go White Sox. I'll go White Sox. Here, here's what I'll say. I expect Yoan Moncada to make a big jump next year. I, I I think it's way too early to write this guy off. I think there were moments this season where, like even in April before he went on the DL in, in early May, you know there was a time there where he was hitting 900 uh, OPS. Okay. And and there were there were hot streaks. He's he's turned on the on base percentage here late. It was a probably not the most ideal season for him, but especially from the left side, um, he had some great moments this season. I still think there's so much raw talent there that he's going to get it going next season. Fair enough, Yon Moncada. No one's giving up on Yon Moncada. That'd be. Uh... That would be in- you're stupid. You do well, that. Some people are, but they shouldn't. Right. Well, he, he's not. Look, maybe let me rephrase. He's not going anywhere. Yohan Moncada is going to be your starting second baseman next year. And uh, if they if he is going anywhere, it's eventually across the diamond to play some third base when Nick Madrigal gets here. Adam, have a phenomenal broadcast today. We'll be listening to you on the sidelines. Hopefully, you'll get to be a part of a Northwestern win today. All right. Thanks, guys. Adam Hogue out at the end zone right now at Ryan Field. Let's take our final time out and get you to Northwestern football straight ahead on 720 WGN.